Hey, what's going on, V1 Church? This is Mike Signorelli, your lead pastor. Can you help me just get real loud for our co-lead pastor, Julie Signorelli? Come on, put your hands together. What a powerful transition. That is my boo kitty down there. And we're gonna have a good time as we jump into this series entitled Holy Spirit. So just get ready. Why don't you go ahead and take out the V1 Church app, tap on sermons, check out the notes for this message because we are going to learn one of the most incredibly important things things that you can learn this Christmas season. And I, I just want to say we're in the hustle and the bustle of this, this holiday season, buying presents, you know, trying to make it all happen. But I am just personally upset with Santa Claus. This I was thinking about the other day, this guy works one day a year and then spends the 364 of them judging us. Like that ain't right. Santa needs Jesus too. Can I get an amen? V1 Long Island. <laughs> But man, we've got so many incredible things happening. Uh, make sure you don't miss it this, this holiday season. It's going to be such a special time. And I believe that the power of God can transform you from a Grinch um, into a true believer <laughs> with me. We're going to read today in John chapter 14, verses 15 through 20. And you can find that in the V1 Church app. Or if you have an old school Bible like me, you can follow along. And I'm just going to read this scripture. And I want you to meditate on it while I'm reading it and ask God to give you a personal revelation as you're going through it. It says this, I will talk to the Father and He will provide another friend so that you will always have someone with you. This friend is the spirit of truth. The godless world can't take him in because he, they don't have eyes to see him. They don't know what to look for. But you know him already because he has been staying with you and will even be in you. Let's keep reading. I will not leave you orphaned. I'm coming back. In just a little while, the world will no longer see me. This is Jesus talking. But you're going to see me because I am alive. And this is a promise for somebody before you get out of 2019. Are you ready for this? You're about to come alive. At that moment, you will know absolutely that I'm in my Father. But even better news you're in me and I'm in you. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for what you are going to do during this time together. Father, I believe that you are going to make yourself real to every single person who's listening right now. I am so desperately in need of you doing what only you can do. I simply cannot preach a message about your Holy Spirit without your Holy Spirit becoming real and, and reaching in, in the innermost parts of their hearts. So, Father, I ask you that for the remainder of our time together today, that this would truly be a supernatural experience. In Jesus' name, and every single person shouted, come on, let me hear you. Amen. Amen. You know, it's real scary being in a new relationship. And for me, it's getting a little bit harder to think about that because Julie and I keep going year after year and how she stays married to me, I, I do not know. But when we were still teenagers, we were 19 years old, I, I kind of like did that thing where you take a leap and you say, I'm going to date this one person. You know what I'm talking about. And I'm going to go all in on this relationship. And somehow that all culminated to me going 
into her house and I'll never forget. I had a 95 uh, Ford Windstar van and I, yes, it was totally creepy to be a 19 year old with a van. Don't ask me how, why, but, and I drive the van up to her house and it is in Cherville, Indiana. And all of a sudden, you know, it's like I shaved, I had the cologne on, I had my nice shirt on and I walked up to the door and I remember, uh, you know, nervously knocking at the door and all of a sudden Randy and Cheryl Owens answer the door. And when they answer the door, <laughs> they whisk me away into this living room, okay? So now I come to this living Now my first impression of this living room is like, wow, this carpet's amazing. It looks comfortable. I love to lay on it. Then we sit down on this couch and it was like a nice couch. And so I'm like talking to them. We're having a good time. And, you know, I'm trying my best to make the, the best first impression I could. And then, uh, you know, I, I kind of had to use the bathroom. So I go into the bathroom and again, I, I see a candle going. I see some towels hanging up. And then I see a towel that looked like maybe they were using it to clean the sink at some point or something. So I do my business. I wash my hands. And then all of a sudden I look and then I turn to the, the towels that are hanging up and, and I use them. And all of a sudden I come back and, and keep hanging out with Julie's family and uh, finally kind of like bewildered her dad said hey uh, Mike quick question did you use the towels in the bathroom and I emphatically replied yeah Randy they're awesome man this place is great I love it and he kind of had like this confused look on his face well that continued now every time that I went to their house I noticed that I went to go to the, the living room with the nice carpet and the nice couch but then they would use the one that didn't that didn't look is nice and it was kind of perplexing so I would hang out in the nice one all the time and no one really said anything well then that all culminated to uh, months of, of dating and then eventually an engagement a couple years later um, young and dumb and in love we got married and then we picked out all of our stuff for our wedding party like for our uh, you know, to, for, our, for our wedding ceremony celebration. And while we're picking them out, uh, you know, different things for the house, we need a toaster, we need a microwave, we didn't own anything. Uh, we finally decided on a comforter. And I thought that this thing looked and felt like the most amazingly comfortable comforter I have ever experienced in my life. And we get married and then we have the biggest argument that I think we have ever had in our entire life. I mean, we still have not matched this argument. And it was simply because I attempted to sleep. Are you ready for this? with the comforter that we purchased. And that is when Julie let me know that the thing that we've been wanting to say the whole time, Michael, we know that you come from the other side of the tracks. We know that you quite don't understand culture, but you should have never used those towels. Those are decorative towels. Long Island, you know what I'm talking about. And this comforter, no matter how bougie and comfortable it looks, it is actually a decorative comforter. And, and as a matter of fact, as, as she began to explain this to me in a fit of rage, as I had my body wrapped in this, this comforter and she's trying to claw it out of my hands, I suddenly realized that they had dishes that were decorative dishes too. Somebody in Long Island, do you know what I'm talking about? Here's the thing though, 
It's like, that was so bizarre for me. The idea that you would have access, do you hear me preaching, to something that could do so good for you, but you simply couldn't use it because it was just for display. And we have millions of Christians who have been given a comforter called the Holy Spirit, but they treat him as an ornamental display. You know, we have this, this wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit, this relationship that unlocks the mysteries of our life and it provides this deep comfort. And, and, and he's called repeatedly in scripture, the Holy Spirit is called help, the helper. But we are simply not allowed to take that off the shelf and have access in so many churches, in so many Christian lives. We don't use the couches. We don't use the dishes. We don't use the hand towels. And we don't have access to the Holy Spirit. But here's what I want to preach to you today if you can't already hear me preaching. But the Holy Spirit isn't just for the pretty parts of your life. See, a lot of times we have these decorative towels and we have, and it's not really for us, it's for company because what would they say if they showed up to our house and saw the real towel we wipe our hands on? This other one's for display. But here's the reality. The Holy Spirit isn't for the pretty parts of our life. He's a friend for the filthiest parts. He's a friend for the filthiest parts. Are you guys getting something out of this? I think it's so important that you understand who the Holy Spirit is. 21 years ago, I made him my best friend. I have talked to him every single day. I've had good days and bad days. I've had days where I felt like I was surrounded by friends, and I've had days when I felt like everyone walked out. I had days where I felt so understood by my wife, by my pastor, uh, by my leaders, and there were yet days where I I said, God, I know that you are the only one who understands me. And it was the Holy Spirit that I needed for the last 21 years to sustain me. If you're asking me, like, Pastor Mike, how are you here right now preaching on Long Island? How are you shouting through a screen? It's because the Holy Spirit and intimacy with relationship with him has sustained me. We're going to kind of take a deep look at Jesus' words because I think it's one thing for you to be taught about what man has said about the Holy Spirit, what your stream or denomination or culture has said about the Holy Spirit. But I just want to take it back to what we can all agree on Jesus. No matter where you're at, no matter where you came from, whether it's Catholicism, Baptist, maybe you're Methodist, Presbyterian, uh, maybe atheist, agnostic, but you're here today and as a starting point. We can all agree on Jesus. So I'm going to tell you what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. It's helpful to know that when you're in the book of John and you're going through chapters 14 through 16, that this gospel contains a record of Jesus's conversation with his disciples uh, and it's happening around the Last Supper. Jesus is not publicly teaching this large crowd of casual followers or these curious gawkers on a Galilean hillside. He's not debating the Pharisees or speaking in this weird cryptic like parable to the Sadducees. Jesus in this text instead is in the small room. He's having dinner with his closest, most intimate friends. He knows that just in 12 short hours, he will be put to death on the cross. In this unbelievably serious moment that we have in scripture, a leader who knows that he's about to be killed gives vital instructions to his closest friends. And I believe that if he was in, in, in the flesh, 
and he was in this movie theater auditorium, if he was watching this rebroadcast on your phone right now, I believe that he would give you the same vital instruction. So can I tell you what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit? Not a whole bunch of Pentecostals, not, not, not the denomination that said that it's not for today, but can I tell you what Jesus told his closest friends in a dinner conversation? Jesus begins with words of comfort. He says this, don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm going away, but I will come back. What kind of help will the Holy Spirit provide? Jesus gives part of the answer in John chapter 14, verses 25 and 26. So follow along with me here. These things have I spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I have said to you. See, this is the second time that Jesus chooses the word helper to describe the one that the Father is sending. Here, Jesus gives two main ways that the Holy Spirit will be a helper. First, he will teach you all things. Say, say this with me, all things. Come on, let me, you could do a little bit better. All things. What an incredible promise. I mean, there's no subject which God is not an expert. He has all the answers. You know, I actually have a friend in Budapest who runs, owns, and operates over 600 properties in a major metropolitan. I mean, that is an insane undertaking. And when I ask him, how did you accumulate so much success in business? You know what he told me? He says, Pastor Mike, I get my workers and my employees together twice a year. We go away and then we ask the Holy Spirit to teach us all things in this industry. And he gives us this insight and he gives us deep revelation and he gives us strategy. And we have continued to grow explosively in success. I mean, I know Gary Vaynerchuk can help you in business. I mean, I know Simon Sinek can help you in, in the area of psychology and business. And, and, and I know that the gurus are out there. But one of the primary ways that the Holy Spirit helps us is by bringing to remember remembrance all things that Jesus said to you. It's Jesus' words that you're going to need the most because it's those words that can take you to your destiny. And, and I think that this is one of the reasons that the Gospels are so detailed and such agreement about the words of Jesus. This is what skeptics don't understand. The Holy Spirit actually helped the disciples remember everything that Jesus said to them. What are the things that the Holy Spirit so desperately wants to teach you and so desperately wants to remind you, remind you. A little later in this conversation with the disciples, Jesus gives the third mention of the coming helper that will be sent from the Father. But when the helper comes, now this is John chapter 15, verse 26. You can write this down. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Notice that Jesus calls him the Spirit 
of truth. You know, we live in a world where it's a fake news world. And, and not only will they lie to you on Facebook and Instagram, but your friends will lie to you. I mean, the people that you call your closest friends will lie to you. The Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth. Jesus presents the Holy Spirit to us as the ultimate answer to overcoming and undoing the works of Satan, the great deceiver. So here's what happens. We have made Christianity, we have reduced it down to just little more than self-help. But here's the thing. You must have the spirit of truth inside of you broadcasting the very essence of what God thinks about you and what God says about you in order to undo the work of Satan. There are no amount of mantras. There are no amount of phrases that you can put on repeat or write on your mirror unless they align with the spirit of truth that will ever undo the work of Satan, who the Bible continually refers to as the great deceiver. Jesus, who declared himself to be the way, remember this, remember this, come on, super Christians, the truth and the life, that's John chapter 14, verse six, announced that he would soon be sending a helper who would make it possible, okay, listen to this, to live a life free from deception. If you hate being lied to, you need the Holy Spirit to undo the deception of the great deceiver and help you live a life free from deception. The root of rejection will lie to you. The, I'm telling your insecurities will lie to you. Culture and the way that the world says that you should go about fulfilling your dream is a lie but you have the spirit of truth in you if you have the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 16, Jesus gives the disciples his most thorough introduction to the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. So wonderful is the one who will be sent, Jesus tells them, that it is much better for you that I go away. Wait, 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 what? Wait a second. That's crazy. So let me get this straight. All of Christmas, are you listening to me this morning? All of Christmas is about the fact that God came, bankrupted heaven to deposit his spirit into a fleshly body who will be called Emmanuel, Jesus, God with us. And all of Christianity celebrates in December. Now listen, we celebrate God in flesh. But then when he came to the point where he could speak and minister on his own, this is what Jesus said. I'm going to read it again. It is much better for you that I go away. Wait, wait, what? It's much better that I go away? You mean the baby in the manger that grew up to be a man that's 12 hours away from the cross? I mean, this whole Christmas celebration is about you. But Jesus is saying, while you're with me, disciples, it's actually better that I go away because I am going to send another. Listen, if Christmas is the celebration of the birth of Jesus, God coming into the world as flesh, but then Jesus himself says, now it's better that I go away because the one who's being sent, the Holy Spirit, is so wonderful. What if the best gift that you can have this Christmas season is the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? What if it's the thing that Jesus wanted for you the most? Not, yes, the cross, yes, the resurrection, but he was saying, it's better that I go in flesh so that you would have the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit has become the God you never met. 
And this is why this series is one of the most important series that can transpire in the life of our church because he is in and around us all the time. And yet, because of the busyness of life, because of the busyness of our church programming, because of all the things that clutter our existence, we miss the thing that Jesus said is better than having him in the flesh. So powerful. Let me read John chapter 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. The first thing that always strikes me when I read this passage is that Jesus feels compelled to say, hey, now I'm telling you the truth here. It's like he knows that the next words that he's about to speak seem so absolutely unbelievable. Jesus continues by explaining some more ways that the Holy Spirit can provide help. Notice this in uh, John chapter 16, verses 12. You guys are getting a deep, deep Bible study today. Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. We know this, but here's my favorite part. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he speaks, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Let me read it again. The Holy Spirit will tell you things to come. These verses contain some of the most amazing promises in all of Scripture. Jesus is in this intimate setting with those who knew him. See, I'm, I'm imploring you. I'm begging some of you in this intimate circle with Jesus right now in this moment, in this, in this sermon. It's like you've been with Jesus. You've ministered with Jesus. You've had Jesus teaching, but you are, are about ready to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit if you haven't already. And one of the most amazing amazing promises of having the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you is that he will tell you the future. And we have this culture that is so anxiety ridden and all anxiety is, is someone else's narrative about your future. That's the definition of anxiety. Anxiety is someone else's narrative about what is going to happen or what is currently happening in your life. So when you look at all the details and you put together the total sum of all the information about what's happening in your life, anxiety kicks in because it says this is not good and the outcome is going to be even worse. But the Holy Spirit one of his primary abilities, the ways that he functions inside the life of a believer, according to this scripture, is he sa it says this, he will tell you things to come. He will change the narrative. He'll rewrite the story. He'll blot it out. He'll cross the T's. He'll dot the I's. And he'll begin to go in and edit the document of your life so that it rereads a narrative that sounds like this. He will glorify me. This is Jesus talking for he will take of what is mine. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will take what is mine and declare it to you. If you are not hearing the declaration of what's Jesus over you, maybe the Holy Spirit isn't inside of you. There are, there are some amazing promises. Jesus mentions yet another form that the Holy Spirit will provide. And he says he will tell you all things. He will tell you all things. So I'm asking you, Long Island, who are you listening to? 
If the Holy Spirit will tell you the future, if the Holy Spirit will tell you all things, then my question to you is, who are you listening to? Some of the most pivotal moments in my life were when the Holy Spirit said, Mike, I know you're in Indiana, but I'm telling you to go to New York. I'm telling you the future. I'm not going to reveal it in fullness. The Bible says we look through a glass, you know, darkly lit, but I'm telling you, I'm going to give you information so that you can step into the future that I've called you to. What is Jesus calling us to? He's asking us for for us to enter into this intimate relationship, this intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. 21 years ago, I entered into this intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. I, I, I really felt much like like the disciples did in this, this chunk of scripture that we've been reading. It was like they were, they were in this point in their ministry, in their walk with Christ, where they're like, I've seen some incredible things. I've seen some miracles. I've seen Jesus razzle and dazzle the Sadducees, Pharisees, and the religious folk. And I've seen, I've seen so much. But there was this hunger inside of him, like, what else is there? What more is there that I could be missing? And for me, a kid that had been raised in church, maybe you've been going to V1 for quite a while, and you're like, this is great. What else is there? You're in a Last Supper type of moment right now where Jesus wants to tell you it's better that I am not with you in the flesh because the Holy Spirit, the very promise is going to come and dwell inside of you and it's going to completely revolutionize your life. The intimacy of a friendship with me is going to change everything about your life. And 21 years ago, I laid down in my bed after reading the Bible after having a, uh, just another experience with God, and I'll never forget, I said, God, if the Holy Spirit, if the gift of the Holy Spirit is for me, I want it. And when I said that, I absolutely released the floodgates of heaven into my heart, into my life, and I was changed. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit started to teach me things. I mean, the only explanation that I have for what you've seen at V1 Church this far, yes, it's mentorship. Yes, it's my pastor speaking to my life. But so many of the best things that have transpired, even in the history of this church, have been the Holy Spirit teaching and revealing all things. I am so desperately and wholly dependent on him. And you know, it's kind of becomes one of those things where like when you have a friend and you actually hear your friend talk about another friend, you're like, wait a second, you don't know them like you think you know them because I know them and they're not like that. I hear so much gossip about the Holy Spirit. Oh yeah, the Holy Spirit's weird. No, the Holy Spirit isn't weird. People are weird and weird people do weird things with the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit isn't weird. The Holy Spirit's not an it. The Holy Spirit's not a feeling. The Holy Spirit is not chills. The Holy Spirit isn't contortions and convulsions in your body. One of the fruits of the Spirit is actually self-control, but the Holy Spirit is our comforter, and we have to stop keeping them on display, and, and we have to stop saying, wow, isn't this thing amazing? No, the Holy Spirit is the manifested presence of Jesus here on earth, and He doesn't want to just walk with you. He wants to dwell inside you inside of you. What would that look like? Maybe you'd be in an argument with your spouse and the Holy Spirit inside of you would say, don't say that. I'm going to teach you how to be a better husband. 
My wife's going to be coming up just in the next moment and she's going to help close this service out and you're going to have an incredible time and an opportunity to invite the Holy Spirit into your life. But for those of you who just feel stuck, like life is just so impossibly hard to move it to the next level, the next season. 2019 is not over and this 2019 has served as an exit ramp into the next season and God is causing some of you to rapidly approach that next era, that next season. But if you feel stuck, I remember one time, and this is the working of the Holy Spirit in me. Sometimes we attribute so much of the Holy Spirit to the thunder and the fire and the loudness, but he's also in the quiet and in the stillness. And I was walking home from work one day in Chesterton, Indiana. And as I walked past a spa, I was walking past that spa and the familiar impression of the Holy Spirit on my heart. And, you know, Christians will say I heard his voice and you don't always hear it in an audible way. But I had this impression in my heart that the Holy Spirit said, go into this spa and buy your wife a gift certificate. Now, I'm a good husband, which means I've got secret money. All good husbands should have secret money, money that your family doesn't know you have and you surprise them with it. And so I took some of my secret money out that Julie didn't know I had. And all of a sudden I, I, I got this gift card. And, why, and I did it simply because the Holy Spirit was teaching me all things. And I went home. I said, Jules, I got a surprise for you. And all of a sudden I pull out this gift card. And as I handed the gift card, she just began to weep. And I said, Julie, what's going on? And she said, I have had the worst day of my life. And when I was driving past that, that spa, I said, Holy Spirit, I wish somebody would buy me a gift card to that spa because I'm having such a hard day. And the Holy Spirit spoke to my husband. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. I come from divorce. I come from those backgrounds. There's no way I know. But the Holy Spirit is so much better than a chill bump or a feeling or a convulsion or any of the things that we have assigned. The Holy Spirit is your companion. So Julie, I want you right now to just begin to lead them into this next moment. I want you to stand to your feet right now as we welcome Pastor Julie as she ushers us into the presence. And then I'm believing by faith, the infilling of the Holy Spirit in your life.